so uh overcast episode two and uh thank you aaron for being here hey thanks a lot brian so uh implementation fest like we're we're a little little late getting this one out but it's uh just a couple weeks old i know man it's been a lot of travel it's been a lot of travel um and it's 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 all my fault i mean i'm i'm just not around you know and i need a travel mic a travel mic would be helpful i could be more productive if only i had another toy snowflake right totally (laughs) absolutely that that that's why i'm that's why this isn't working yeah that's why I'm not capturing as fast. <laughs> it's all good. So how was it? It's good. I mean, uh, Orlando was hot as hell, um, but it is to be expected in you know the dead of August. Um, but uh, overall, I have to say it was a really good. It was a really good conference. I uh, learned a lot about assessment. Learned you know a lot more on assessment than I expected. I did a little presentation on transmedia. It was all right. Uh, but uh, really, from from my personal perspective, I think that the the big win was the the fact that we we pretty much have announced that there's going to be a next generation scorn. Now I don't know that we're going to call it that. I, I you know that's that's for someone much uh, it's paid <laughs> right. a lot, way more than me to decide. But yeah. um, it it seems it seems at the moment that everything has been greenlit to go on uh, on a next generation scorn, and that's going to be. Uh, that's going to be very exciting, I think, uh, for a number of reasons. I think it's going to work quickly to to make use of, uh, if not make use of Tin Can, then at least you know make use of the work that's gone into it and all the requirements that have gone into Tin Can, and as well as uh, AICC CMI five in doing a ne- something next generation that solves people's problems immediately, uh, that gets people to doing the kinds of things that they've been hoping to do, you know. Tracking mobile content, you know, in a current scorm-like manner, uh, without making major changes to an LMS and things like that. Okay. Um, uh, I would say that's a really big use case. Um, yeah. You know, it's like like scorm would be great if only my LMS would work with it, with it in a mobile phone. Well, maybe we can maybe we can do something about that without a whole lot of headache. Um, and if we can, then that's awesome. Uh, and at least as, as a near-term something. Um, and then go on from there. I think we're going to, I think we're going to, the discussions internally so far have been very much the uh, more of an agile approach, uh, rolling things out in months rather than years, <laughs> for example. That's a nice change. Uh, that would be, that, I think that'd be a welcome change. I think everybody would like that. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know about everybody. Um, <laughs> it's a stand, it, you know, the standards world. So, you know, really, when I talk about everybody liking it, really, it means, you know, some people will like it. So, yeah. um, but but it would that would be nice that'd be interesting um we'll see, we'll see what happens uh but uh in the immediate where uh, i can tell you that uh there's uh at least me and probably a few other adl resources are going to be focused on uh the federal learning registry uh there's some work that we're trying to do to ramp that up and get start working on a, on rolling that out to the public so that it will help with you know Building up more public adoption of not just the, you know, the ser- the service of the registry itself, but you know the, you know, building applications on top of it, on, on top of the service layer that we're laying down, uh, the middleware aspects of it. Um, so that'll be really exciting too. Um, yes, yeah, so that was that was kind of a big win for y'all. 
Well, you know, it's, you know, so like I, I've dabbled in, you know, we've certainly been talking about, I've been talking about things that are a follow up to SCORM now for the last year or two. Um, and I, and I was involved last year in the learning registry and then that kind of tapered off for a little while while they were building stuff up and now I'm ramping back up again. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's been a really good couple of weeks in terms of like seeing things greenlit. Uh, it's definitely been far more motivating for me than, than I'd say the last couple of months have been where it's just been like, I know these things are coming, but it takes forever and you don't really see the light of day in terms of like a, a yay or a nay or a let's go or a no, we're going to drop, we're going to stop doing something. Um, but now it looks like all systems are go for uh, both learning registry and next generation stuff. So that that's, uh, it's very empowering. It's very, it's very cool. Sweet. It's very cool. Uh, I would say though that here's a there's a lesson in here for our our overcast audience, and I guess that's why. I, well, I'm not guessing that's why. That's why I'm bringing <laughs> it up. Uh, um, you know, we spent a really long time on the next gen stuff uh, coming into ADL. Before we even got into ADL, I mean, I was working with people who we talked about ideas that we had about doing something different and new. Uh, as far back as 2008, um, and when I was when I was invited to come back to ADL back last year in you know April of last year, uh, I was really really you know inspired by to, to to do something, but that wasn't the green light to do anything. That was just the green light to be there to kind of start the process of of making it an ADL thing and that yeah. that really becomes the, the trick is that uh, the lesson I think that uh, my team and I really had to learn uh, is the fact that you know it's not just about us and our idea it had to be a greater idea that was owned by everybody and including leadership and we had some leadership changes in ADL and that required getting you know you know anything you have a leadership change you know you have new people you know, in, in involved, they, everybody wants to put their own kind of mark, you know, on on what they have. What they, sure. they want to own yeah. it. Understandably. Um, uh, totally yeah. understandably. But, you know, when you're, when you are in a, when you're not in the management, <laughs> um, you tend to look at things as like, why, why, you know, I already know this, has, this is the right thing. Everybody before me said this is the right thing. Why do we have to reexamine this? Yeah, it's like yeah. you have to. You've you've sold it once. Why do you have to sell it again? Right. Right. Well, the idea is that you never stop selling, mm-hmm. ever. I mean, even if even if leadership never changes, you can't stop. All right. You know, no. From a from a from a underground perspective, you know your your job is to promote the thing that you really care most about. Now, from a management perspective, and this is the part that I think was really important, is that it's really important to start what I think finally worked out for us is that we were able to make the right over, we were able to make the right overture to the right, right people in the right way. Mm-hmm. We were able to make our story relevant so that it became their story. And we made it open and we were allow, allow the ideas to be, finally it would be opened up so that other people could say, yeah, this is what I want. I, I will go out and champion this. Um, the lesson there, I think, from a, a younger or middle manager who's looking to do something big, make some change, is that, you know, when, when you hear some good ideas, 
it's very easy to dismiss an idea that you have no personal investment in. You know, and I totally, yeah. I could totally see that now. Uh, what what I think worked works is when somebody makes an overture to say to ask you to come on board with a project that may not have been your own, but ask you to be part of it. That's an opportunity for it to make it your own. Um, and I think that's how innovation starts to actually generate inside of an organization. I think that it's it's when the conversation becomes less about, I need you to green light this for me, to let's talk about doing this together. Right. And from a you know leadership perspective, it's... Hey, I'm you know come tell me your ideas because I will listen to them and not just um, you know put them in a put them in a drawer somewhere. Um, I want you know I want your ideas and I want to team up with you to make them happen to make them actually you know. Well, yeah, I, yeah, and, and and it's a dance. You know, you're you're not when you hire an employee or when you come into a team that you know you inherit a team or you know, there's, you're not going to start, no one's going to start off by doing the, the hot, sexy, slow dance, right? You don't start mm-hmm. off with that. You usually start off with, uh, you know, the 80s snapping rock kind of thing, you know? Right. You know, it, it, it takes, there's a lot of dancing steps that happen before you actually do a full, full on contact where we're doing this together kind of thing. But you need to go through those dancing steps. Yeah. Um, there's just a ritual to how that works. And I think that that's been going on for thousands of years and I don't see that that's going to change. Um, what's important. Well, there's lots of things that are important. And among them is the pay is patience because I think that when you're a new, when you inherit a group, uh, and that's, which sometimes happens for, you know, probably the listeners of this show, um, you know, that that group doesn't know you at all, and they've been struggling with these things with things for a really long time. And you almost have to. It's like the you know, it's like you watch uh, Caesar the Dog Whisperer. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be like the Team Whisperer. It's like you know, <laughs> right. You have, to, yeah. you have to go. You have to have a very you know, strong but very gentle ego. You know, just you know, when you start hearing you know noises or whining, you know, you got right 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 yeah. there. Yeah, cut it off. Got to cut cut it off. But you have to be you have to be responsive. You have to be present, and and part of that dance is the fact that like you know you have to you know just like <laughs> I hate to liken it to the dog whisperer. That's horrible. I should I should cut that. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, take okay. a, we'll take a we'll take a poll and see if we. Should it's going like to the training thing, and I don't know that we want to get in there. But um, but the idea, basic idea, is is that you. You know, there's a consistency. There's a trust that's built by over consistency, and and if you as a leader, uh, or especially if a, as a young leader, are constantly present and you're aware and you're you're steady, you know, people tend to people under under you tend to respond really well to stability, um, and you know, there's bad stability. I mean, there's a staleness. You don't want that, but. Just the idea and character that you're you're present, you're going to be aware, you're going to be responsive. If you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it and follow through. Um, people respect that, and, and they're certainly respect it when you're. You know, and then, that, but what that does is buy you the capital 
with the people underneath you to continue following you when sometimes in, inevitably uh, things don't work out the way that you want them to or they or the, that you plan. Um, but having that, having the presence of mind to be able to tell them like, look, this is what happened. It's different now than what we expected. You know, what we roll on. People yeah. get that. You know? it, they do, and I think if they if you establish that consistency and that um, stability, people will continue to innovate because they feel like it's you know they've got leadership to support it, and not um, they won't just hey this is a good idea, but we know nothing will ever happen. They'll actually come talk to you about it, and the responsiveness is what you know that's a key. You know, you said that, and I and I'm that I'm kind of stuck on that word because if you, it's it's sort of there's a there's two layers, right? You've got to be some kind of um, immediate response that's, Hey, I hear you, you know, let's see, see where this is and let's you know, look into this a little bit more. And then there's a long-term responsiveness is, is, are you going to follow through. if it's a, if it's a worthwhile idea, mm-hmm. are you going to follow through? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, our, our group, I, I would say that we, we, we've, you know, I work in a, on a large team of engineers, and I'm, I'm obviously a very impassioned person. Um, and I, even though I'm, I'm a, I may be an okay communicator to the outside world on a peer level, I may not be a very good communicator in, in the face of authority, generally. You know, um, I'm getting better, and one of the ways I know I'm getting better is because people start listening. And I can tell that people are listening because there are actions that happen beyond that. And I would say that our group got better over the last couple of months at talking to leadership and opening up our ideas so that they could, they could actually own them and be part of them and, 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 and help mold them mm-hmm. uh, in the way that they are envisioning things, you know, a greater scheme working that I can see that we can see. Um, but that takes, that, that takes time. The, 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 and I don't think it would have happened had uh, we been shut down uh, with every communication, you know, that, that happens by having the, these dialogues where we, somebody dares to speak truth to power and the power says, okay, I'm listening. You know, I'm not going to shut you up. I'm not going to tell you, put you in your place. I'm going to accept it. Let's, let's, let's go deeper. Yeah. You know, the invitation to go deeper is really, really strong. You know, that's a really strong thing. You know, the people, People, I, what I've noticed is that for, about leadership, um, from the, being on the other side, both sides of it, a bit, is that in positions of power, the people who don't have that kind of power uh, generally are not as good at communicating to authority uh, as people with authority want. Um, and if you blindly just got it's not even so much blindly, but if you just bl- if you just automatically kind of shut yourself off to those kind of that kind of communication without digging deeper. That's all you're going to get. Yeah. You know, they never, they don't come back around and they don't go deeper because there's no, there's no channel for them to do that. Right. Um, but if you want to change hearts and minds and align people, and I think that most of the listeners of this podcast will do, um, you know, you you need to be, you need to, even if it comes out salty, (laughs) You need to take the, you just got to be like, okay, we're going to talk about the appropriateness in, in a second, but let's get deeper first. You know, let's get it all out on the table so we can deal with these things one at a time. Yeah. 
and I think that once you have that, I mean, once you get someone to open up past the first level, you know, which is basically like the, it's almost like the diarrhea level. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, yeah. you just get like, Bleh! here's my problem, fix it. And then you're like, oh, we're going to actually talk about fixing it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, right. That's when you actually start getting to the, the meat. I mean, everybody blurts out the first thing that comes on their minds because they've been like, that's the thing that most frustrates them. But the un- well, that's the thing that frustrates them most explicitly. Mm-hmm. But it's generally like the the candy or turd covered shell of something that might actually be meatier. And if you can get more more of that stuff, it, you know, expl- made explicit. Uh, then it actually, you know, it provides you an opportunity to coach in the style of leadership that you're looking to c- convey. Uh, and, and, and that certainly happened to us, uh, you know, from my team in ADL. And I would say that that's a really, uh, I, that's probably happened to me several times in my career. Uh, but it was lost on me because I wasn't so close to it. Yeah. Well, and I think if you if you do that, you can. If you are you get past that initial level the first time, then the next time they have an idea, you you skip all that because they know how to communicate to you. You can help, like you said, coach them to as to uh, how to communicate to you effectively. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but you know, as leaders, you have to understand that um, not everybody is going to know how to talk to you or how to present an idea to you. Um, well, so and, some, gonna... and some people are going to be outright scared to do that, right? Exactly. You know? So you need to be open to, like you said, just, you know, the conversation that allows you to dig deeper. Yeah. And that's really all you need to know. That all, yeah, <laughs> that's that's it. all Done. you need to know. Done. That's all you need to know. <laughs> so, uh, hey, man, thanks for the time. Thanks for the conversation. And uh, let's do it again soon. Rock on, brother. Take it easy. You too.